every life has a story and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Well, last week we heard Jen's story. What an amazing story of courage and she's come through so much. I'm sure you wanted to hear Chris's story as well. Well, Chris is Jen's husband. And uh, if you haven't watched the, uh, last, uh, the last episode, uh, Jen Demon's story, I invite you to watch that first before you come to hear Chris's story tonight. Chris uh, is a West Australian man who loves the Lord. He leads a, a motorcycle group, a lot of Harleys, a uh, band of brothers, and uh, he is part of our church now, which is even more beautiful. And it's a privilege to, uh, for us to have him here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. So uh, without further ado, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you. So well, last week, last week we had your wife. You did. And yes. uh, we just couldn't wait to, to hear your part of the story. Not that her part wasn't fantastic. I don't think yours is as dramatic. Uh, she, she had a challenging, but yours is different in many ways, yet your roads have uh, intersected and have joined forces. They have, they have, yeah. And she's the better half, by the way. Always, so always. We, we know how to do that. Well, they say be, behind every great man is a wonderful woman. It's true, it's true. And usually it's not your mum. <laughs> <laughs> so, where did it start for you? She was Australian? Um, originally, I came from New South Wales, sort of Australian, a sort of a middle class, uh, suburbia sort of person that's sort of grown up. My, my father was a, I, they had been very late in life in the world of their fortune. Just outside Sydney? Just outside Sydney, Sydney, western suburbs of Sydney, okay. uh, around Parramatta, probably heard of Yeah. Or near Parramatta, Dundas, is that the other. Sort of grew up there, was sort of a suburban boy. Yes. Uh, happy, happy growing up. Uh, parents weren't close to each other, but they were good parents. Yep. Dad was an ex World War II veteran and mm -hmm. worked for a newspaper, newspaper okay. engraver, which, which became, I think, redundant after so many times. What was what he doing? It was photo entering. What they do it in that days, the main newspapers, they would get the say, photo and they would have to carve out that figure. They would carve it out and then it would be pressed to make it so you have to get it right. It was very good at art, so he could do that. And that was done by hand? They were all done by hand. Yeah. Wow. You get a photo and now it's all lifeograph stuff. But uh, no, uh, he's a good man. He's uh, brought up in the Salvation Army. So he had, I've never never knew him to swear or smoke or drink or... Wow, say, very yeah. disciplined. But when he went quiet, when Dad went quiet, you knew that it's, uh, just get out of the way. It's something, he's processing stuff. He's angry. We've done something wrong as kids as you do. Mm. Dad's gone quiet. We better just behave ourselves. And but, uh, a lovely, lovely father. Mother was a, a nurse, mainly convalescent. Mm -hmm. Um, no, not really close with mum, um, for all of us as kids. There's, uh, there's a, my brother, got an older brother. I'm a, I was a baby of the family, sure. basically. How many? Was, there's four of us all together. Two sisters, a brother and myself. Okay, the youngest. And he was the youngest one, yeah, he was the youngest one. And uh, got away with a certain amount, a certain amount. But no, we, it was great, great growing up, you know, we, we travelled a fair bit, we'd get out different things, we interacted with 
with our cousins and, and aunties and all that sort so of thing. So you had family yeah, yeah. nearby? Yeah, From mum's side or from dad's side? Uh, from both sides, yeah. Oh, nice. Both sides, yeah. So, um, just enjoyed, you know, going to a Catholic school. I don't oh. know if it would be my choice, but somehow they put me in a Catholic school. So, um... That wasn't cheap. I don't think so, no. no. Any, that sort of education wasn't, but that, they did. They invested for my brother, at least my brother, myself anyway. He was, yeah. He was three years older, so. So one by the time I'd go to that, they go, you hope you're not like your brother, are you? Because he caused grief for them. Did he? So I got a bad name from my brother. Thanks a lot, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's born again Christian too, my brother now. And Very my cool. older sisters too, Christian. I'm still born. One to go. One to go. One to go. Hallelujah. And Sydney? Sydney, yes. Beautiful town. Western suburbs of Sydney, from what I remember back then, it was great. You know, uh, a we, lot of walks. And, and a street, the street, as well as days where everybody looked out for each other. Yeah. Those days, you know, you looked out. Um, didn't have half the problems that you'd have now. So that you hear about, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that after this. I mean, you could have a game of cricket in the main street, and if somebody yell out, car coming, just get off the street. Every half an hour. Back out on the road. It wasn't every 30 seconds, it was once, oh, once no, an hour. Yell out, you get the car coming. We'd have really car races from up the top, you know, probably come off, fall over, crash, and get back up again, get the dust off you. Nice. But no, I think they were good years, and uh, so Dad ended up, uh, he was fortunate enough to get like a, because land was cheap over there, he, was, he said it was 150 pounds as before 1966, when yes. Australia was pounds, shillings and pounds then. Yep. And uh, he bought this place down the south coast, away from everywhere, in Jarvis Bay. No. Nice. On the south coast, beautiful part. There, uh, only of course his brother, my uncle, had said that he must go down there. So it was just a retreat for weekenders. He built it, put a tent on it, and then he'd get a bit of old iron, whatever he can get. And he, he was a very good builder. Yes. Those sort of people, generation could do anything for that. Yeah. Mum wasn't really the person. She was more home, the home sort of person. She wasn't in there. Yeah. Going and, you know, roughing things. She's sort of this, she's sort of spider. She'd run sort of thing. Whereas there, you, you're dealing with, it's almost tiger country down there. It's like snakes and you name it. We were close to the beach and, you know, there's plenty of fishing. Right. As a kid growing up, I enjoyed it. Dad bought us an old motorcycle and we'd bash around the bush and down the roads. In those days, no one really cared. We'd yeah. Fall off and have a bit of fun. And that's how you discovered your love for motorbikes? Yeah, yeah, of course, he used to race with them and stuff like that. Oh. So I got it. Which helped me to go on to uh, to get an education in that. I got an, an apprenticeship. I sort of learned. I was one of those kids that pulled things apart. Nice. I could get mum's, mum's clock and pull it apart. How's it work? Yeah. I want to know how things work. I want yes. to know that. I still do. And it must have been in the DNA of somebody yeah. that, that the technical wants to pull. So, you go, well, who's better at this one? I don't know, mum. I don't know. It's sort of guilty. And it, trying to put all the bits back in there. Never Did you have tools? Oh, I found stuff. I grabbed, I grabbed whatever. <laughs> but eventually, I sort of, but when I did my apprenticeship, it was natural to get in there and learn, do the hands-on. So he sort of did it. So you did a mechanical apprenticeship, motorbike mechanic? Yeah, well, in, in those days, there was no such thing. They didn't have, back when I did it, back in the 70s, they didn't have a, a, a motorcycle course per se, so they put us all under automotive engineering, so you could do yes. cars. So you might have had trucks, yes. marine, oh, oh, okay. all in the same, yeah, all in the one. So the guys talked about cars, and he said, well, I'm working on trucks all day, I'm working on motorcycles. So yeah, just be all, but anyway, we all. I'm glad because it helped me when I was working on cars. Myself, so yeah. As I come out of the apprenticeship, um, in those days, I got well. 
whether it's a bad thing, at the time I, I just got in with some people we used to go out to the beaches because I had a motorcycle to get out, go down to Manly Beach, got a surfboard and I'd leave it out at yeah. the shop. Let's go, it's, it's okay, it's out the back there and I'd ride the bike and just go out with friends. Yeah. So, but introduced to marijuana and hash. Oh. To drugs, not heavy drugs, but enough to sort of um, get into those circles. So mm. from about the age of, of 17, I've been dealing with uh, that, those circles of, of, of drugs. LSD, oh. very strong, you know, hallucinogenic drugs, it's pretty. Um, I was recreational, if you want to call it that way. Yes. I, I was functional, I didn't, wouldn't do this sort of things at work. It was a weekend sort of thing, but I still couldn't do it. Even though I'd been brought up in a Catholic school, I always felt there was a God, I knew there was a God. And or I as a fear, as, as a handbrake? As a fear or as somebody helped me, you know, like a rabbit's foot, someone would, you know, a lucky charm, Jesus, I'm in a bad way, you know. Help you, help me, fresh and, 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 and he did, and that would be it once of, you know. Yeah. Looking back, and I heard, you know, he had so much grace and love for me then. But it was times going on, sex, drugs, and rubbing on, you're growing up in an area where, you know, I'm sort of... This is late seventies or early. This would be this would be mid mid seventies, getting onto eighties, and uh, ended up. Uh, I had the travel bug, and we had about half a dozen of us. So let's go to Europe. Oh yeah, let's do this. So we sort of saved and put our bought a combi van. Um, didn't get plenty of them over there, but we went over by boat. We went over by ship. It took about six weeks. It was like floating hotel, you know. Oh, you could. Oh, we could we still go. Like from Sydney. We're Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne. Yeah. But I had some drugs on me. I had some white marijuana in one of my pockets and they customs. that customs said, come here. And I didn't take that jacket that yes. day. Yes. I didn't have that jacket. I put another one on. Otherwise yes. I would have said, you're not going anywhere, Sonny Jim. Oh. So um, it's just marijuana, but it's enough to get you arrested, enough to get you in trouble. Um, and they, when they check you, they really check you over. That's everything, you know. So, so you went, then he went through the Great Australian Bite no, we went from there. Melbourne went across to, to Wellington in New, in New Zealand. Yeah. And then from there to Tahiti, and then through the Panama Canal. Quite, a, quite amazing. Oh, the other way. Across the we went through Panama because at that time, the Suez Canal had been closed. They'd had a war, so that six-day war with Israel. Oh, yeah, with Israel. And he loved it. Would have loved to have gone through there. Oh, so we went through the Americans. Went through South America. We Bahamas. We stayed and all that. Did you stop anywhere? We did. We stopped in South America in there. They all drive on the opposite side of the road over there, crazy. Yeah. And then on New Zealand or to Spain? We, we went on to uh, Portugal. Portugal. And then from there, when we went on to, um, we, we docked in England, it was uh, Southampton. And, uh, and so wasn't that extremely expensive back then? It wasn't as, it wasn't extremely. We'd saved up um, and it was just great. We went over uh, with a Chandler's line, which I think uh, Anassas is a Greek airline, Greek, Greek line at the time we did that. Most of the ships that were the liners were Greek. I so say had a Greek crew and stuff like that. But lots of food, oh, lots all of inclusive. All Same. inclusive, all inclusive. But sure, we, we share with probably another three or four in a cabin, so if someone stored, that's it. Yeah. But um, it's, it's a different sort of life on the it. It's a different the life. The <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's just a different life there. But it was a great experience and met a lot of good people. So yeah, stayed in London, ended up working in my trade for a while, but it's, it's quite amazing that at that time, you could get just as much money doing labouring work. Mm. So I got a job with a dairy where all the trucks come in with the bringing milk in. Yeah. And you made sure those trucks were clean, they had to be yep. right, spotless. And they'd offload yogurt to you and chew, you know, all the stuff that really has to go. So you yep. bring all this home and you'd be just 
Bechingham. So it was just a, it was just great, you know. And did you do Europe? Did you travel? We did Europe, Europe. We ended up. I, I lost a few of my other uh, friends that we went over. They went off early to different plants. So I stayed back. So I got down to a, a stayed with a couple of English people that uh, knew how to speak French and a little bit of Latin, believe it or not. Yeah. Didn't think anybody spoke Latin other than sort of old priests, but. Um, we took off over to France, and we worked in France, and uh, amazing to you know, the culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm only twenty at this age. By yeah, this time. and uh, did did uh, France. We picked grapes, as and uh, it's some of the amazing parts of, of France, all the countryside, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and then we left there, went through Switzerland, and then we happened to hitchhiking most of the time, or using yeah. cheap transport trains. We happened to get onto a bus that was going back, he was going back to Italy, mm -hmm. but we picked him up, he picked us up, he just needed some company. Yeah. Uh, this is a big 54-seater with a toilet up the back, and he, just, and he could speak many languages, obviously. Yeah. So well, he just wanted to talk to us, so he's a great guy, so I'll take him all the way to Venice, just outside Venice. Nice. And uh, so we to talk to him, just keep him awake, talk, da, 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 on those autostradies that they have, they're just yeah. big straight highways over in Europe. Been there yourself, you know, some of those roads made by the yeah. Romans. Romans yeah. always made them, they just walked. So, yeah, and I uh, went to Venice and all those places I'd learned about at school and Rome. So, I'd seen more of Europe than I'd seen in my own country at that time. Mm. Uh, after a year, I uh, got a bit homesick, so I came back home. And I worked back in Sydney, the city, right in the city itself, where I was suburbs. And I just still had itchy feet, so my father was, my parents had separated at this stage. Oh. Yeah, so... Um, was it while you were here or while you were not? No, but before I got away, they'd separated. My father really, I think, was, was holding it together. I was the youngest and he said... That's when you grew up. I didn't notice till later, but he'd, he'd been just really been playing a part as dad. And he said to my mother, when Chris is established, got work, and I'll have to leave. Because uh, there was a lot of friction there. Mm -hmm. There was no love. My mother, at the age of 12, was in a big family in the Depression. Yeah. And my father told me some time later that he found out, is that they gave my mother, I don't know how any mother could do this, I don't know how this could happen, uh, gave her to the local butcher for food to feed the rest of the family. And of course, at the age of 12, they just, yeah. she was, probably doesn't even know what love is. Yeah. It was, she, I'd never known my mother ever to embrace like a mother, she'd be like an auntie, make sure you fed. You're fed and then made, 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 made and clean. And did a great job, and I feel that she did a, a good job. But be like a distant person. Um, but when I think of what she'd been through, and then she'd come home one day at the age of thirteen and saw her father had hung himself. So you know, her father had hung himself because she was the one that found him. Uh -huh. So she had. She, I could see. You know, she never talked about this. But this get back from my aunties and said, you know, if it wasn't for our sister, yeah, and Linda, my mum, uh, we would we would have starved. Mm. So it must be very, very hard in those days how a mother could do that, but that was obviously the option, we'll never know. And I had a good, a good nana, like yep. my nana, like my grandmother. Um, but moving on, yeah, I've come back through this, and um, I still love mum, you know, and, and, and I think in a way she did her best. Yeah. And I was able to tell her that too, you know, I was able to say, mum, you know, you did your best. So I came back and uh, moved down to the country, down to Jarvis Bay, where Dad had bought this place as a weekender. Now it's separated, he's living there. And he was it a shack there now? It was a shack, he was able to build a bit more and do a little bit more with it. Yep. Um, like I say, middle class, not rich, not poor. So we didn't go about it, we didn't have a lot. So he saved and he, and he was the sort of guy that wouldn't get into debt. 
Mm. Yeah, he didn't have the money he would save up. So yeah, I remember him doing one room, and then we all we all sleeping, eating, and drinking everything in one room. Then he built another room. It's like great, you know. And then mum, what did she do? Well, mum, mum went uh, worked in the hospital. Had a place where she could live in, work in, and live in. She was happy to do that. So I'd come up occasionally and uh, visit her, you know. And she was still in town in Sydney. She was up in Sydney. And I was living down the south coast. So I was still as a motorcycle, was fixing motorcycles down there. But a uh, period of time had gone by and uh, still still into drugs, still, you know, dealing and playing around with drugs. It was more of the recreational side. There was times when it was, uh, I sort of um, offered probably heavier drugs, but I didn't sort of bother too much. But again, still had the itchy feet. Yeah. Still wanted to travel. Yeah. And we said, let's head off over to West Australia. We'll work our way. And we did that. With the motorbike? Uh, no, we were in a van. As a friend of mine, he'd, uh, he was, uh, I think he won an apprenticeship with the panel bender, so he took off when he wanted to see it in Australia. So we worked our way, picking fruit. Yeah. And uh, staying, when you stay at these places, there's like, there's your room, there's like a, there's the mattress, and you just that's, you stay there in the morning, we're up at such a time, long. in the back of the tractor, we're off picking fruit. Yeah. Pictures like this, you don't see them in the shops, they're no. the canneries, they were going to the canneries. Oh. And you could eat as much as you like, but mate, you get in there, hard work, people yeah. don't pay the business. But we worked our way to West Australia, it's just an experience. And did you work in Adelaide and Barossa Valley? Yes, or? Yeah, all through those areas, all for seasonal work. Yeah, Mildred. We'd find out, you know, yeah. you, you need to stay in where you accommodation. Because he had a van, one of us would sleep in the van, and the other one probably in the tent where we were going to live. Yeah. So it's like an old escort van, I think it was the yeah. days. It was what van? It's an old escort van. Oh, it was a panel van. A little panel van. It yeah. wasn't a proper van. Oh, no. It's just the time you did it. Yeah. You'd have your feet sticking out the back of your room. Yeah. But anyway, um, we, we, it, got us, it got us over there and uh, we worked. I worked with a fellow called Ted Stolarski, uh, working and, and he was Czechoslovakian and he worked on all the bikes that I... He said, well, no one over here knows how to work on these bikes. I said, well, I did my apprenticeship. And oh, here in Perth? So, yeah, and the police had these, yeah, the police had these. guys. He said, we got the police contract. What, so, what Ducatis? Motorcars. Uh, Motorcars. Italian? Yeah. So I thought, okay, uh, one of the police bikes, I thought, I haven't seen much of Perth, I'll get out the police bike and go for, you know, just see the sights. And it needed a good run. So I thought, good, I just got a pair of shorts on, I think so, I'm going out for a bit of, get this thing for a run. And I come back, two hours later, police come up and they walk up and, and they go, it's all right boss, we got him. He said, we've had half per police force looking for you, mate. He said everybody thought there was a stolen motorcycle on our chasing from <laughs> My boss laughed. He said, Chris, we put a, we're gonna have to put a vest on you, mate, and say test riding the bikes. And they said, make sure you do no charges. Wow. But it was test riding, but don't do it again. Yeah. So he laughed and had a chuckle. But Tom and I was actually uh, um, the fellow had come over, he wanted to, he wanted to sort of head back and uh, so we had no brakes in the car, I don't know how we got back, I <laughs> but I got back and I had an old car back home, I gave it to my dad for spares, so I got all this, I got my dad, I want the car back, so he's giving me the wheels and bits of, build it up again. It was a Ross bucket thing, but we got it through and, and I drove it back because I, I had other jobs that I could do some work, and I was working up in the country, working uh, with the railways. Oh. In the, in the, out in the country, I loved it. it was, country, uh, WA? Wheatbelt, yeah, we put Geraldton Way all out through the Wheatbelt, out through um, all the way to Calgary. Mechanics? As working as a plant operator, as a machine, yeah. you needed to know a bit of mechanical knowledge to fix these things. 
what they do is as they put new sleepers in and they fix the track up, they need a machine. Probably like an iron. If yeah. you want to ironing it, it would run on infrared beam, so it would just sort of set the track up. The track would be all over the place when they work on it. It's a mess. No. It's like this, this machine would just iron it, just fix the track up. Awesome. It'd be all day. It'd probably do about you know, two or three kilometres an hour. But it, it, if you did five k's a day, you'd done the work. And uh, it was a good experience. When did you get married? When did I get married? I, I met a lady in, in Perth. I must tell you too, my, my, my grandfather was a baker in Coolgardie, so the connection is West oh, Australia. Australian, yeah. Somewhere along the line, he's gone back. Of course, when my father, my, my father came over to visit, he said, I've got to go to Coolgardie and see where my dad worked as a baker. Nice. Because it's all more historical sort of thing there. So there's some girls West Australia that said come back. And uh, yeah, so um, I met a lady and we sort of were living together, probably not the best thing, but we were living together. Time and time on, I felt I wanted to go back east. Hmm. And it was sad, but I just felt and uh, sad. So we split up, we, we just sort of went our separate ways and we went back. But after a period of time, we keep in contact. Yep. And, and we just talked and talked and talked and connected. I said, if you want to come over for holiday, come on. See what it's like. I'm told I was living in this place near the beach. And it's great, it's fantastic. You know, because yeah. my father had remarried and he got another house anyway, and this place was it. Long story short, she came over and she loved it and we got married. Mm. And we thought that was fantastic. And in that time, my brother became a born again Christian. I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought we would be the sort of guy the devil would run from. You're like, I'm yeah. hanging with you, you're evil. Like, but anyway, it just shows you people that get saved. Anyone yeah. can be saved. And he's telling me all about God. And I'd actually been working at a place, at a paper mill at the time, doing yeah. some repairs. And another guy was Bible bashing. I call him Bible, you know, Bible bashing. But it got in there. He gave me books and it was what's going on in the world today. So Matthew twenty four and all sorts of various yeah. things. And I, and when we did get married, we were given the the, 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 the wife at the time, probably probably ex at the time. She had a, a lovely grandmother who was Swiss mm -hmm. and gave us a gift of the Bible. Nice. But almost one of the first things you put up on. The, uh, the put it up there and you just clean it nicely. But uh, I, I, I then with, did years with the army, I was in an infantry battalion. Yeah. And I uh, wanted to go in as engineers, but ended up going in an infantry battalion. And I just absolutely loved it. I sort of was able to get up as a corporal, lance corporal, corporal. And uh, that, was, that was some good years there. Mm. And in that time, we had chaplains that would speak. And I used to love going to, to hear in the scriptures, you know. Yeah. Be up in the bush and they'd set up a little altar or something like that, a little hoochie. And we just make our best to go and hear what's going on with this guy, you know, we have to get out and do what we do. But one, one of the days we had an exercise, and you probably seen it, you get your team over the wall and back down. Yes. Towards the end of the day, I, I slipped, I was pushing it too hard, and I slipped, did my foot in, and it oh. swelled up like a rock pond. And I did the big mistake by taking the boot off, and I just couldn't get my boot back. So that laid me out, but while I was laid out in the crunches, I thought, I'm going to read this Bible. <laughs> and because I'd been born up with, Christianity, well, I should say religion, yeah. but it never built a relationship. Mm. There was no real relationship. You know, I knew the stories about you know, David and I knew about Goliath. And yeah. That's what I was basing sort of Sunday school stories, but there was no connection. But like, I just felt these scriptures jumping out of me because I've been searching. Yes. I've been delving in the, the, the you know, the I Chi, where you throw the coin, the I Chi, oh. so again, doing different, different stuff like I Chi. 
I've been searching, it's almost like this Chinese. Mm. Not a big voice, but a, yeah. a sense of just read this. And I can tell you that the scriptures, I couldn't put the Bible down. We ended up going away on a holiday to Fiji. I, I think I spent most of the time reading the Bible when we kept going there. Yeah. Okay. And that's where the start, that was my burning bush. Mm. That's where God got my attention. And with my brother coming down sharing, he said, Oh, I know some pastors in town. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know, but they're having a pastor's prayer meetings. And yeah. these pastors from the country could come 50Ks to meet and have a prayer time. Mm. Well, you can imagine you get a lot of full-on pastors praying without what sort of ground you're in. Yeah. Because my brother knocks on the door and they silence and the door opens and he says, oh, I oh come on in. There's my brother, he's not, he's not saved. And came in there and we we're just finishing the prayer meeting. We're just going to stop and have a coffee. So... And they got yakking because he knew the pastor from up there. Yep. They made the connection there. And one of the guys was saying, you know, if you don't know the Lord, that's good. And he was, just, he was being very polite and just asked, Shane, Pastor Shane John's from memory. And uh, I found that I just, the, 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 the atmosphere was immense. Yes. The presence of God. You've got to remember I wasn't born again then, but the presence of God. Mm. And it's very, very gracious. They weren't forcing themselves on me. And I'm just to say, probably Jovi or looking back, uh, do you have mass here at all? <laughs> and they had a little chuckle and they said, listen, we, we do have church service here. So, okay, I went on my own. My wife at the time didn't really bother to come along. And I was just blown away that, uh, that people could be there and they're just ready to go for surf. Yes. Just go out of the car, other people with their suits and, and farmers. You know, yeah, the, the diversity of people there. And I've never seen this before in one. And uh, a lot of them were uh, born against Salvation Army, so you had brass instruments. Oh, tambourine. Yeah. The musicians then, though, sat on the front row facing. Yeah. Even the drummer was in the corner. Amazing. And I just, this is like, I, I just the, the atmosphere was there. And I kept, I, was, I had to go to the next one. Was like, yeah. It was a 30k trip to go, but I looked back, it was nothing because we were out of the country. But long story short, um, I got. Saved. Just, I got saved. And you were saved and baptized, and she did too. She wow. Did she did, yeah, she did. And uh, we went along, and then uh, within, we, we, we got, we'd been married probably two years, and then we had our first child, and um, life was good. God's in heaven smiling down. Couldn't be in a better place. Everything's good. And uh, I managed to just be able to be in those days, just you know, play a bit of guitar and stuff like that. Um, pastor there was a bit like yourself, really a real shepherd for people, a real loving, caring man who knew the word and was solid, solid rock, a, a true shepherd, I suppose, or a pastor, he should be. And uh, we, um, we were just finishing something in the house and it had to be finished. And the last thing we need to do is just put this painting up. We've done the room up, we've done it all yeah. very well. He said, don't wait the baby. It was about three months old by this time. And uh, I just went to shower and came out and my, my wife came back and the baby had died. In the sleep? It died, died. Cut, cut. Cut, death, what they call sudden infant death syndrome. Horror, 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 horror. And so we got ambulance, you know, just in case it was revived. And we gave us the news and they just took us in the hospital. Probably wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. Yeah. Anybody has been through that. Mm. Um, and then they had to bring us in. We, we believe that God could raise the dead. We were that sort of people. Yes. This is going to be a big dive. I've got God to be 
Yes. It wasn't meant to be, it wasn't God's plan to work that way. His name was Joshua Adam. Nice name. But in his short life, he certainly knocked the walls down in my life. It changed. Mm. I don't know why today uh, that happens. Uh, even to God's people, things can happen. Yeah. Um, but, but some years later, God told me, I, I lost a son to Chris. I lost sure. a son. Mm. I know how you felt. But he's up here with me, Chris, and you're going to get on with your life. Yeah. I'm building a new foundation. The same time I've ever heard an audible voice, it's like the house of shame, building a new foundation. Mm. We went on to, um, uh, well, I felt pregnant again after 18 months, and we felt, come back to Western Australia. She, she's a, she was a WA girl. Oh. We came back and we had a you know, lovely girl. We had four lovely girls. Four girls. Four girls. They were great. You wouldn't change them. Because all everything's all going very, very well for the night. All I remember is uh, having babies in the nineties. We had, you know, yeah, there's four, four girls growing up. We did have twins in there, but at an early stage, we lost them. They were connected uh, by the head, and one died. It was sad. We lost those. But they were about, I think, sixteen weeks or something like mm. that. We lost them. That was terrible. But God brought us through that time, and we just moved on. You know, I think from the army days, I've learned to just whatever. Push through that you go to yeah. go, hand it back to God. And it seemed from the outside we were going through a lot of hard times. And to my ex's family then, who were doing very, very well and they're not Christian, said, Why is all this happening to you? You know? Yeah. And there was a bad influence who were coming in there. Because um, all the kids were growing up, they never went to daycare. They were all brought up by their mother. She's nice. a great mother and a great wife, very good, good great. But something bad, but um, you know, storm clouds were on the horizon, I couldn't see it. Mm. Um, things were happening when she started work, the ex started work, got a job with a large accountancy firm. Um, she loved getting back into work. She wasn't coming to church, wasn't reading the Bible. There was other areas, the world crept in. And as much as I tried for three years to say, this is not good. Basically said, well, I'm tired of God. I said, well, you must be tired of me. And that's, that broke me, that smashed me. To the point where um, she said, why don't we separate for a while? I thought, maybe a little bit of time. You know, we didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to. But um, we come to an arrangement, a friend of mine had said, oh, I've got a place here, it's fair every day. But it never got back. And, um, Time had gone on, I thought, well, what's going on? I was able to have the, the, the two younger girls, the other ones were a little bit older in their teenage years, yeah. and they were more sort of hanging around with their, their age. That's what girls do, you know, they, yeah. they love dad. There's a point where they want to be, they'll be more like their mum and hang with sure. as much as they come out and see me. But the younger ones just ran out. I, I, I had them, fortunately, I had them most weekends yeah. where I can, unless I had something, and they would run out, and I look forward to those times. I had to. I, I lived. I hate. I hated uh, the time where I was living in caravans. But when I look back over the years, God was dealing even more with me in those areas, and um, look forward to the weekends. We had a, uh, a friend, good friend of mine. We were in a motorcycle group, Christian outreach, but it was going the wrong way. We wanted to get out and outreach and, and, and evangelise a lot more. So we started this group called the Band of Brothers Christian Riders. Nice. So. Um, we had Harleys, we were just bashing around our Harleys. Yes. And we thought, well, they were once our toys, now they're our tools. Ah. And we come up with saying, through our spokes, God speaks. Yeah. 
dress both so gun speakers. Scott speaks, and 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 and, and the, the one of the other family members, he'd been through a similar thing that I'd been through, so we're able to encourage each other. And uh, we came through that time. He said, "Yeah, um, they were they were dark years." Yeah. But God held on to me. Mm. Sometimes, you know, I, I could quote scripture, but sometimes I couldn't, and all I could find was, "I'm nor leave you nor forsake Yeah. Enough. Never been I know the word, but the scriptures never came. But that one was enough to to put the well in and keep it watering. Continuing to pray always that uh, that this marriage would come back. So separate us, I love you all. So I didn't want, want to. It's not from my behalf, but it's obvious that um, when you turn your back on God, it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Because you then move away, then you go into other things. Oh, you know, I've got the job now, I've got the money, I can do what I like. got to remember that we owned a house all together. The kids went without nothing, and I was dedicated. I was a typical family man. I've done, I've done everything in my life. Yes. It was fun to be the father. And, and it was, and the enemy had come in and crept in and came in. And it could quite easily do. I didn't see it coming. I tried my best over three years, yeah. and it was it, it was evident. I ended up going along to um, Angusburg and came over. Oh yeah, it was a small Fair group. Yeah, it was a small group about yeah about three hundred guys. I was there. By that afternoon, there was something like nine. I said, "You better get down to this guy's man." And I it spoke to me about reestablishing. So I went. The times I I, I could go back to the yeah. wife and see the kids, I said, "You know what." I just want to apologise if I've done not been the best man. Because yep. there are probably areas that, that you can always do better. Sure. And I just felt where it spoke to me. And I said, I really want to give us a go. You've got to give us a go on this one. Yeah. Even if we're not in the same room, but I want to give us a go for the sake of the children. Yeah. Mm. Go and she could see the she the plea applied in me, but she didn't agree with that. So obviously mm. it had been cemented in her that she didn't want to follow. If you leave the Lord. It's true, another spirit goes away and comes back worse. Of course, then you move from materialism into, in her case, anybody out there starts searching, you know, yeah. going into our cultic witchcraft areas, which is mm. very, very dangerous. I, I wouldn't say a person couldn't get saved out yeah. of that, but it must be very, very difficult. But um, for a long, long time, when the kids got a little bit older, they were not coming out with dad so much, you know, we were older, we want to get out with our teenage friends and do all the things that teenage girls do. Yeah. So they'd text me and you know, this and the other. But she was, the spirit was saying, I don't really want you. Really, it was saying, I don't want you to come, come to know Jesus. But mm. that spirit was very strong, strong. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Masonic lodge and witchcraft oh. over that family that I found into. But, but, you know, time had gone on and uh, appreciate the strong friends that are around me and I uh, had good um, pastoral care. Uh, yeah. That we just get alongside you and hey, come be out there, meet you for lunch. Just listen, just just being a listening, sounding voice, yeah. so to speak. And it got me through, you know, basically got me through. And um, it's in the caravan park, and then I get a, a South African friend of mine who's at those motorcycles down at Bunbury. Says, I've got this sister that's desperate, she needs to get a place to stay. Can you help us in the caravan park? There's not much here. But I've got a friend around the corner who's got a few spare, he has a few students, yeah. and he can help out yeah. with the rent there. And we made arrangements and uh, uh, for this lady to come up, and uh, we met, and I sort of, at a certain time, and uh, 
somehow it might have got her signals crossed, but she came a bit earlier. Yeah. It was almost like her door. She came down with a few friends that she had and introduced myself and made tea and coffee. And it was only walking distance to where this house was. But um, little did I know that this woman had her eye on me. I wasn't really prepared to get married. And I thought I'd been for a I didn't want to go through that. I couldn't yeah. do that. And I thought, well, Lord, you know, I not often pray that if, if you give me somebody, they've got to love you, love me, we've got to love each other. It's got to be love, solid love, and through it And this wife is Jen, this lady's Jen, who yes. becomes my wife sometime yeah. later. Um, probably 18 months that we've been together. And um, the Lord had sort of told me that I mean, he had something. I thought, is that, is that right? <laughs> no, it's not. But the friendship grew. It was not. Jen said, "Oh, you're gonna." She knew straight away that I was. A bit, men are. We can be a bit clueless sometimes. So we, we're sort of just trying to do our best. But we managed to get her into our own caravan because a, a lady moved and said, "Said we want a, another lady to come in there." So yeah. it was a little bit up for me, and and it was just great because we go and have tea, and coffee, and talk. And it was purely platonic all the time. Just yeah. good friends, and that's why I wanted it. That was that was good. Yes. So it's not complicated. But she was hungry for the Lord more things because when we first met, I felt the Lord saying, invite her to church. Lord, you invite them for coffee, you invite them for a meal. I mean, don't not invite her to church. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Not immediately. When you want to meet, you know, is there going to be a lady, wouldn't be invited for coffee and yeah. invite her for a meal, but invite her to church. And yeah, what's church? Is it? Anyway, the next stuff went up. What you must think of The next day I'm getting ready to go to church and I. You just knock on the door with this Afrikaans accent. Hello, is anybody home? No, this Afrikaans accent. And she wants to go to church. She wants to go. Wow. I take her up to church and then we went for lunch. And we just yeah. talked and talked and talked and talked about the Lord, met people around us. Mm. And that relationship grew and got until we got married. Yep. And God had done that healing because it came at a time where my daughters were at least established and now they're working. Yep. As much as I missed them, yep. I, uh, God knew that if Jen was to come in earlier. The girls, you couldn't spread yourself out that much. Mm. I'd probably gravitate for the, looking after my daughters. But God's time was perfect. Yep. And she'd been broken vessel to and mm. we were able to encourage, encourage each other, basically. Wow. And then she grew more and more with you in the Lord. She did. So you got married about 18 months ago. We got married about 18 months. Um, we, we talked about this, this, this is really what you want to do. You know? Yeah. We kept ourselves, that was what God did, that's what, yeah. if we did it. And um, we've loved every day. It's not saying it's been easy, but it's been a, as you do. Well, you're both healing, aren't you? Both healing, both healing. Yeah. So, we, and she rides motorcycles and... Uh, so do you. And uh, yeah, so... And she's hands on. Yeah. She can fix it for you or you can fix it for her? I don't know. I mean, she can drive a truck and back. She, it's amazing that she can back, well, you've seen her Woolworths so and back these semi-trailers are the tightest areas yeah. get them in there. She can drive, a, a, but she can't back a little bike out of the, the garage. They don't have a reverse, the bikes? Not, not, <laughs> not the bikes we have, no, no, Are there bikes that have reverse? They are. The big ones? Harley Davidson had them for sidecars. Okay. And of course they get into, they use for commercial use, a lot of them are commercial, yeah. and they would have reverse gear. There you go. Thank you. Very big. Um, some of the big Hondas have got it, but they, because they get into it, an area where they've been stuck into a corner, they can get those things out. Yeah, yeah. interesting. But um, so life is a journey. 
Uh, it just shows you that many of the scars that we get through life of different situations it proves that God is our healer. Yeah. yeah. We've got the scars to prove that, and that shows that He's a healer. It's an amazing thing with God that He can cut through to get stuff out as a surgeon, but He's yeah. also doing that healing work. And yeah. if He has to do that, it's not easy. But He heals, and it's better after. Post off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, post off. Good way of putting it. And, uh, we are so thrilled that you made it to our church as well, because uh, I didn't say this last week when we interviewed Jen, but I remember when she, when you guys first came to our church, we were showing a movie, a documentary, Free Burma Rangers. And um, the first thing that Jen did was go help in the kitchen, and she helped wash the dishes on that night. And it was, you know, I noticed that, and you know, I was quite touched. I thought, man. These, these guys are really, really beautiful. I mean, they come into a church for the first time and they serve. Uh, I thought, what a heart, you know. These are the sort of people you want to have in your church. <laughs> Little did I know that uh, was that God actually, that was the beginning of this journey where we are together now. And I mean, it's not long ago that you came, but it's, it's just so beautiful since I got to know you and Jen. I think, you know, it's, I'm humbled by your love, your service, the way you love the Lord and the, the way you serve, the way you love each other and how you just blossom here with us. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Um, how do you see yourself uh, in the next 20 years and uh, the legacy that will remain behind you? 20 years. I just say we love being here too, by the way. We love, we love being Thank here. you. The church we came out was great. Yeah. We prayed about it and they released us. Wonderful. But... We feel we must be here. This is mm. where God wants us. So, yeah, we we just love everybody that's here. So yeah, as I as I as I see, you're gonna get me into a Harley, aren't you? I think we can get you on a bike. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, I think we can triumph in that. Don't tell my wife, please. No, no, she doesn't no, listen to this. No, no one will ever know. <laughs> is there a silencer that I can put when uh, I get down my road? I think we can switch it off and just push it down the road and get you out. So the, 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 getting back to that ministry too, yeah. Well, in 20 years, I mean, we're, we're, when we get out there, we're seeing yeah. it's a subculture. Motorcycling is like surfing. Yeah. There's a subculture, and, and as they are in a lot, of, a lot of venues, and there's a language that's in there. So I was, even though, you know, I've been brought up, but that's, that was my trade. I've done various different jobs to, to get around. And get, but I've always come back. That's my tent, my tent making, as Paul yeah. would say, you know, you do out of the ministry. So it's itinerant with the Band of Brothers Motorcycling. But it's not just me, it's band of brothers slash sisters, because we yeah. have a few of the ladies that come along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think I see ourselves as, again, Jen and I get out. We have a Wednesday night, we get out and feed people that are on the streets with a team. Yeah. We've got a lovely team, and they said, You guys can't go. You've got to stay. We said, We wouldn't, we would love being here. So we're out there, and they're feeding them every night. But, and we volunteered for other nights. I said, No, we've got enough people for those. But this is but I see myself, um, look, I think to encourage and get alongside people. Nice. And to uh, evangelise, got a mm. real burden for evangelising. Love worshipping, and uh, I got a, there's a lovely worship team here, and, and the people are very musical themselves. Yeah. Some churches you have to almost sort of put 240 volts in the seats to get them up to worship, but people are ready to go here. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a lot of churches like that. This, this is here, so I see myself, you know. Uh, sort of want to go push more into that area. Yeah. And pastoral care, I think mm -hmm. that's something that's 
Christians are also warriors, you know, fighting from the military, so you, you get that fighting spirit. But we're also, you know, what, what would you call it? A, a stretcher bearers, really. Yes, we've got to carry. We've got to carry the broken and the wounded. We don't shoot them. That's nothing we do. We don't shoot the wounded because we might be wounded one day. Yeah. But it's uh, see the fact that you've been broken, uh, Jen has been broken and mended, both of you. I think you have that caring heart for the broken, because you know what it means to be broken, and that's why when you see these people on Wednesday nights and others who come here on a Sunday, your heart is there for them. It's true, and but I but I must say this and be honest. At first, I was very hard to look at these people's lives, sure. because. They haven't washed in many cases as violent as well. They're off their face or they've got demons in them. They know their sinners, they know they're lost, but Jesus has done a heart in me to see these, to love their lovely people. You yeah, see, you see beyond that now. You see Jesus. And then your they heart is his heart. The other thing is they see that they this is Jesus' So they're changing as things happening, and many have been able to give them the Gospels of Mark. And uh, we want to give them the greatest gift too. They've got that little booklet, so yeah. we've been able to handle a couple of those out. Holy Spirit lets you know who they are. Some of yep. them throw them. Yep. Others are hungering for them. Yep. So God's on the move everywhere. It's the matter of being positioned. So out of a bad situation, God can use it. Now, I think of that amazing scripture, although we use it as a cliche, but God uses all things for the good. Wow. Those who love him. And he does. He does. Thank you so much, Chris, for sharing your story here. And I, I'm enthused by the journey God has gotten you on. And I can't wait to see how this will turn out in the future as well. I'm sure it's good. Well, what a beautiful story once again here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, a true blue Australian who married a South African and together are serving and loving God immensely. What a beautiful, beautiful life. And now he's caring for the broken. And um, I think this propels us to also look around and see what ministry God is calling us to do. And see those people through the eyes of Jesus, not through our carnal eyes, and not through the eyes of the world, but to see the potential, because they are God's creation, and they are God's children as well. They just don't know yet, but we can help them understand that. So thank you so much for joining us here at Kingdom Stories, and we'd love it if you can share this content with other people, so these uh, beautiful stories can be you know, touching lives further and further out there in the virtual world as well. Uh, if you love this content, do share it. Uh, give us some five-star rating on, uh, uh, on, the, on the Apple Podcasts and on Google and all the other platforms that you listen to, the, to these podcasts. And come again and join us every week here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. My name is Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.